Welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ How's everybody doing? I think my voice sounds weird. I am mildly under the weather, but I'm soldiering through. Also, I have not resolved my microphone situation, so I ask for your uh, forbearance as I try to find a microphone I like that is not extremely expensive. Uh, we're muddling through. Uh, kind of, I'm going to be honest, kind of psyched to record this week because I, I have a bunch of things I want to talk about, and a lot of it is movie-related. Uh so let's uh i also i keep wanting to talk about the comic strip peanuts but i think there's enough to talk about today i don't need to get into it now and i'll put it off and also the thing i have to say might make me cry saying it that's a teaser for next week and also my general emotional instability uh i guess uh uh Literally, uh, just before I started recording, I saw the trailer for the new Thor movie, uh, which looks rad. Uh, Taika Waititi is back directing, and the Guardians of the Galaxy are in it, so obviously I am sold. Uh, also, Natalie Portman gets, gets Thor powers, which, uh, I guess spoiler if you haven't seen the trailer, but people have talked about it by now. You're, you're cool. Uh, the thing, there's two things I really like. I mean, it's, it got me all psyched, but I'm, I'm kind of pre-psyched for, for Thor. But, uh, uh, <laughs> there is no trace of conflict in the, in the trailer. There's like no action. It's all kind of cool visuals and, uh, uh, some character stuff and, uh, and honestly, I mean, I know full well uh, Christian Bale is in it and he's playing Gore the God Butcher. But I would also be on board for a movie where it's just Thor hanging out with his friends, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they are just just hanging out. Uh, maybe Korg and Rocket go run an errand. I'd be, I'd be so into that. Uh, another thing I'm super happy for does not look like a multiverse movie. Uh, I I think we're going to be getting a lot of that, and I don't want everything to be a multiverse thing. I don't want to have six alternate Thors. Uh, I'm getting increasingly worried about Doctor Strange uh, uh, 2, uh, because I like Doctor Strange a lot, and I love Sam Raimi. I'm so psyched that he's directing this. And it keeps looking like it's going to be just a, uh, everybody's kind of focusing on, uh, oh, it's Patrick Stewart. And are they bringing in other, other characters from outside the movie continuity, you know, <laughs> bringing someone from one of the terrible Fantastic Four movies or, uh, what, you know, whatever. And I, I'm not that psyched about it, uh, you know. Even uh, Patrick Stewart as Professor X, it's like they haven't introduced their Professor X yet. How about you do that before you start going, hey, here's an alternate version. Uh, although I guess aside from Logan, 
uh, Patrick Stewart has not played that character in a movie that was not directed by a sex offender. So, <laughs> man, that is the wild thing about the X-Men franchise. There's like 12 or 13 movies all told, and uh, seven of them were directed by sexual abusers. And two of them have sex creep T.J. Miller acting in them. So, honestly, outside of uh, First Class and and Logan, it is rough. Uh, anyway, I'm just not, you know, people. there's people who are all excited that, oh, they're going to have a character from What If. Oh, I don't care. I want Doctor Strange to do stuff. I don't want him to be a vehicle to introduce, you know, the David Hasselhoff Nick Fury. Oh, God. I hope I didn't wish that into being. Uh, so that, that's that got me a little a little worried. But Thor just looks like a straight-ahead Thor adventure. Or lack of adventure, which, as I said, I'm fine with. Uh, so that's where I stand with the Thor trailer. Uh, I'm psyched. It looks good. I'm happy about Thor. Happy to see my friends, the Guardians of the Galaxy, again. I miss those guys. Uh, I don't think I have any personal news. So here's a, like I said, it's mostly movie talk. Here is a mystery, but it is movie-related. I was sorting some stuff, and uh, you will not be surprised that I have a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays, and... Uh, I've been thinking a lot about what I should get rid of and how I should get rid of it. And one thing I found is a box set of all nine American Pie movies. Still shrink-wrapped. First off, yes, there are nine American Pie movies. You, you, you're, I'm sure your monocle popped out of your eye at that revelation. Uh, here's the thing. I have seen at most two American Pie movies. I saw the first one in theaters and maybe the second. But I certainly haven't seen them since their theatrical run, and I have no strong feelings about them one way or another. Uh, Sam and I often kind of cite some of the stuff from the first one as, as, uh, as uh, being bad examples of jokes. Uh, so I, I have no particular fondness for the franchise. I don't know why I own all nine movies on DVD, and it is still shrink-wrapped. This has not been opened. Uh, I've been just puzzling over this, and I did a little little bit of uh, digging. I mean, here's the thing is I own, like I said, I own a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays, and sometimes I'll come upon something that I don't specifically remember buying, but I can track back in my brain why I would have it. Like, I was surprised to discover I own season one of the Cinemax, I think, series, Da Vinci's Demons. And, uh, but the reason I own that is because uh, I like Matt Fraction and he was a writer on it. And I, it was used, so I probably picked it up real cheap. So, like, I can trace my thought, my thought pattern. I don't know why I bought nine movies that I do not particularly care for. Uh, one thing I determined is that the, the particular version of the box, I mean, it's a, it's one of those where it's like one CD case with a whole bunch of overlays. So it's just, you can't even really call it a box set. It's a case set. 
and apparently that set sale sells for like 15 to 20 dollars so i didn't sink a lot of money into this thank goodness but also going back on amazon it was not an amazon purchase which means at some point i was in a store and i possibly looked somebody in the eye and they judged me as i bought a box set of teen sex comedies uh, and I would assume it had to be fairly recent. Uh, I don't usually have blocks of missing memory, but it's weird that I would do this, right? So the next thing I did, trying to uncover this mystery of why I have them, it's not even important to me to figure out when I, when I bought it. I want to know what was going on in my head where I thought, yeah, and then never followed up by actually watching anything. And, uh, so this was a cool use of my time is I started thinking maybe maybe somebody I like is in one or two of them and uh, look I'm not proud of this but for a while we're talking like 2017 2018 if I would this sounds bad it sounds like I have a problem I don't drink that much but when I would drink which would always be like a weekend night I would order DVDs of movies starring either Jason Statham or Alison Brie that I hadn't seen yet. Uh, that was just like this weird ritual thing. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe at some point I was, I determined somebody I like is in, you know, two of these movies. And uh, I thought deep down I'd watch them at some point. Like, like, uh, you know, maybe John Hodgman plays somebody's dad or Lauren Lapkus is a dorm advisor or something. I don't know what a dorm advisor is. So <laughs> I went through the cast lists of all nine of the movies on IMDb to see if there was anybody in there that would that would prompt me to say, oh, I should buy these and so I can watch such and such movie from this nine film canon and fellas there's nobody there is no one i mean sure i like eugene, eugene levy and all but he's in a million things i don't need to i don't need to own uh uh, uh american pie presents the naked mile to see him doing his stuff uh i <laughs> i was sort of uh surprised to discover that uh, a recent TV crush is in one of the movies, but it's so recent that I would have had to have buy, bought this in the last month or so if that was a determining factor. And I can assure you, I would remember if I bought these things five weeks ago. So right now it's mysterious. I'm toying with the idea of watching them and becoming really knowledgeable about the American, uh, the American Pie franchise. Uh, I'm going to try to get to the bottom of this, but since it's clearly just me having bought a thing, there isn't really any further research I can do. So there's no real resolution here, and we're all going to leave disappointed. Um, wish I had a better kind of punch for the, the end of that story there. Uh, I dropped that ball. Uh now, I watched several movies this weekend, 
And I've talked recently about how I'm going through the the Marvel movies and the Mission Impossible movies. And, uh, you know, I don't usually, not planning on devoting a whole lot of time to that every week, but it is kind of fun to talk about the Marvel stuff since I haven't seen some of it in a long time. But I, uh, I have, I'm working on currently four separate, uh, uh, like collections I'm trying to burn through. And I had some interesting examples come up this weekend. Uh, first off, for the Marvel movies, I just started last week with Iron Man, which still rocks. It means the second one is The Incredible Hulk, the one with Ed Norton. It's real bad. Anybody who's making their list of Marvel movies and and tries to say something else is the worst Marvel movie, they're just trying to be contrarian because this is bad. Uh, it's a mess. The effects look terrible. Like when you see, you're used to Hulk looking good because you've seen the Avengers movies and Ragnarok and everything. It's like, oh yeah, that they really, he, he looks like a, you know, an actual big green guy who's moving around in the same space as they are. He, he looks so bad and weightless and... Uh, they just tried to make his musculature look really weird, and it's it's bad to look at. Uh, it's just just appalling. Uh, Ed Norton, who I usually like, is not good here. I know they had a lot of problems with him on the on the set uh, with him trying to control the project. Uh, the director is uh, Louis Leterrier, who I have almost definitely mispronounced. And uh, he did the first two Transporter movies, which is one of the top Jason Statham franchises. But I've heard some stories about him being not great to work with, and he's, other than fun action scenes, he can't really direct anything well. Uh, he does get points, though, for being the, like, in the first two Transporter movies, Jason Statham's character is, is gay. Like, I don't remember if they come out and say it, uh, but it's, it's made clear. Uh, I, you know, I only say you don't because it would be weird for him to say, by the way, I'm gay during an action scene. But there, there's no there's no uh no doubt left as to this and then in the third one which has a different director he just isn't anymore and it's very funny because i also think like jason statham didn't bother pointing this out to the direct the new director who clearly didn't watch the first two movies he's just he's pretty punched out in transporter three also so uh, maybe we'll do the Transporter franchise at a later date. The point is, Incredible Hulk is, is bad. Uh, the the monster, the Abomination, I think he actually looks pretty good because there's less attempt to have him approximate human form and he's more outwardly monstrous. So him looking bad is a feature rather than a bug. And he was just in Shang-Chi, so maybe we'll see him again more. Uh, that was fun. Uh, there's all these, like, he's, when it starts, he's hiding out in, in 
South America and he's working at a cola bottling plant and there's a thing where he accidentally cuts his finger and bleeds and he has to stop the production line to make sure his blood doesn't get in, into any bottles. And it turns out it missed the bottles. So that was a big dramatic scene for nothing. But then also it cuts to a different time when his blood got into a bottle and it killed an old man. <laughs> it's it, it's weird. It's done poorly. Uh, also, there is... And, the, and this is supposed to be a big moment when, it, when Hulk is fighting Abomination and kind of rallying for the last big like the last big skirmish and he speaks for the first time in the movie and he he says as you'd expect Hulk smash which is supposed to be like a big moment because that's a Hulk catchphrase the weird thing is at no point in the movie is the day is the word Hulk used uh in any context let alone as an indication that this creature has a name it is only we accept that because we know that's the Hulk but it's not set up at all and all of a sudden it's like if they had just referred to it as a as some sort of hulking creature or or something uh as opposed to huh i guess he gave himself a name <laughs> which is a minor nitpick but it made me laugh and in retrospect this bit is weird where uh Robert Downey Jr shows up as Tony Stark at the end to talk to uh General Ross about the Avengers initiative you know, just like at the end of Avengers or Iron Man when when uh, Samuel L. Jackson shows up. First off, he's talking to the guy who failed to catch the Hulk about this. Uh, I, so I don't know if he's trying to recruit uh, old man William Hurt, who uh, has passed recently. And uh, I did not know he was such a monster that is affecting my enjoyment of his performance holy smokes uh you know when three different partners accuse you of domestic violence you probably did something right uh but it's it's there's nothing in the movie that would lead you to believe if you wanted to recruit the hulk you would go and talk to this guy who can't do a damn thing about the hulk so clearly he's just trying to recruit an old man to join the avengers and also, nothing in any past movies indicates that Tony's on board with this. Because the, uh, like, when they make an Avengers movie, he's not, he's still not on board, and it's happenstance he ends up with them. So it's very weird that in this movie, he's their recruiter and then breaks all ties in everything subsequently, right up until the moment when he has to save New York. Uh, I know they did a, uh, on the Blu-rays, they used to do these shorts that would tie into past movies, and some of them were good, and they did one that was supposed to explain this weird hole in the logic. And it's it's just terrible because it's trying to resolve something that is the, that is the result of them not having a plan at the time and having to last-minute add a very popular character to this movie and the thing is you watching Hulk I think that could have killed the Marvel Universe like it's it's so bad 
and so few people cared about it that, uh, like, I don't think they would have. It's possible that that they wouldn't have even gone for for connected movies. They would have just made a bunch of Iron Man sequels because people liked him. Uh, but I think that, like, if it had come out a year after Iron Man and you'd been like, yeah, another Marvel movie, awesome, and then this came out, it'd be like, ugh, well, so much for that. But it came out six weeks after Iron Man. Iron Man was still in theaters. And it came out five weeks before The Dark Knight, which sort of eclipsed everything. So it's sort of sitting in that sort of sitting in that taint between two uh two mega hits sort of let people more forget about it than dwell on it being bad uh so we basically just got lucky that hulk wasn't the end of the road uh another weird thing i noticed which is only of interest to me is in the end credits i really like when they give the special thanks and it lists like the comic creators whose stories and characters they used for the movie. Uh, because I am a dork. And when I see that list of names, I like to try to work backwards and figure out what specifically they're being credited for. Uh, because unless they, they did a character there, it, it's not going to be specified. Like, you know, if Rocket Raccoon's in a movie, Bill Mantlo and Keith Giffen are going to be credited as his creators. But sometimes there's just a block of names because, uh, you know, they came up with a story element or a design that they used. And they don't do that in this or in Iron Man. So I'm wondering when the first time is that we're going to see that. So that's a fun thing to watch for. Uh, next week is Iron Man 2, which I also remember is not being very good. And I am really just looking forward to getting to the good ones uh also mission impossible 3 which is is fine like it's the template for how they made the mission impossible movies good but it's only fine and the next three are perfect action movies so uh i'm very excited for next week on that front um I've also been watching, uh, I liked Peacemaker so much, I'm going back and watching all of James Gunn's stuff. And uh, I'm, he hasn't directed that much before, before he did Guardians. So I've been watching the things he wrote and someone else directed, which includes two Scooby-Doo movies that I haven't watched yet. But I watched uh, his Dawn of the Dead remake that was directed by uh, my arch enemy, Zack Snyder. And you know what? It's real good. Like, it's... Uh, I remember liking it at the time and seeing it all these years later. I was... I am so over zombies, but I really... I had a blast, and I think it's well-directed. Zack Snyder had not embraced all the stuff that makes his movies look bad. Uh, there's no slow-mo or just muddy visuals or uh, his, his his terrible politics. Uh, it is just a straight-up zombie movie that is scarier and funnier than you expect it to be. And if that was the only movie Zack Snyder directed, I would 
today be going, I wonder what ever happened to that guy. He had so much potential. Uh, so thumbs up on Dawn of the Dead. Also, weird thing is, uh, out of those three movies, I got two Ving Rhames performances and two Ty Burrell. The dad from Modern Family is in uh, Dawn of the Dead and Hulk, where he plays Doc Sampson, who in the comics gets Hulk powers of his own. And in this is just sort of random boyfriend. Uh, this was clearly before they started realizing they might get to uh, favorite supporting characters from the comics and not to just burn off names to connect to a unrelated character. Uh, and then this, I'm just, I've, I've started going through the James Bond movies also. Uh, I'm a big James Bond fan, but a lot of the early ones I haven't watched in forever. And so I started with the first one, Dr. No, a movie that is 60 years old. And I was a little checked out because I have a couple of times recently uh, had this plan to watch all of the James Bond movies. And Dr. No is so aggressively boring. It always kind of breaks me of this. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Sean Connery Bond, actually. And this is a movie where very little happens. There's a, like when he gets over to Dr. No's Island, the next step of his plan is uh, rest up and see what has, see what's going on in the daylight. Uh, there are people who find him and try to gun him down and he escapes and they yell at him that they'll come back and try to shoot him again later. Uh, there's a scene where a woman gives directions to her apartment and it doesn't cut away. You have to listen to all... I can find this lady's house. Um, <laughs> the, You know how in, the, in, in later movies when they play the James Bond theme, it means something cool is happening? You know, like he's uh, you know, fighting a shark or... It's a big action scene. In this, it happens when he's crossing a hotel lobby to check his messages. <laughs> he... he beats Dr. No by opening a valve. And this is a thing that I didn't really think about until this time through. There is a long scene early in the movie where M yells at Bond for having the wrong kind of, of weapon. And he has to turn in his old gun and get a new one. And he explains the superiority of one over the other. And it's a very long scene and when the scene happens, we have never seen James Bond use or even hold a gun. There's, it's, it's not like he's famous for having this one kind of gun and then they're like, well, he needs to have a different kind of gun, so they have to explain it. Uh, I guess the reason early on they sort of uh, adapted the novels more directly and Dr. No was not the first novel, but it was one where after somebody wrote in and complained that he was using the wrong gun, there, there is a scene where that gets corrected. Uh, but as it doesn't need to ha they could just have it not happen in the movie. It's, it's baffling that it made the cut. And I'm certain that the director and editors of this movie that came out 60 years ago are long dead. And 
good. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, I'm tweeting at him. It's, it's really weird. It is, I don't know. I'm, uh, the next James Bond movie is one I like a lot. Even though I'm not a big Connery fan, but From Russia with Love, I remember as being pretty great. So next week should be better all around. I get, uh, I get Iron Man 2, which honestly is probably the second worst Marvel movie, but it's not the first worst. Uh, I get Mission Impossible 4. Uh, Ghost Protocol, which is perfect. I get From Russia with Love. This was just a weird week of movie watching. Uh, and those are my thoughts on all of the major franchises. That's right, all of them. <laughs> Marvel, James Bond, and Mission Impossible. Are there any other movie? Fr- oh, American Pie also, I suppose. Are there any other franchises? I suspect not. I can't prove it one way or another. Ah. Uh, yeah, rather than mix up, mess up my my stretch of talking only about movies tonight, let's call it a day. I'm hitting the half hour mark. Uh, remember to check out our sponsor, TeasedbySummer.com. It's I was gonna say it's getting warmer, but if you live where I am, we actually got snow today. Uh, but in general, it's getting warmer. We're getting into t-shirt weather, and these are the best of t-shirts. Uh, also mugs. Uh, I absolutely adore the, uh, the, the car blue print mug or the, the, uh, the Carl Havoc mug, which I use at work all the time. Uh, they're, they're great. Uh, I hope you bought something last week to, to celebrate, uh, celebrate summer's birthday. Uh, if not, there's still time. You can still buy something. Uh, happy birthday wishes will be confusing by this point but you know do do something nice do something nice for yourself because these shirts are great uh now that i have lost 45 pounds we'll talk about that next week uh i am a lot more look i'm not confident but i am more secure about wearing about wearing a t-shirt in public and you know what I wear a Tees by Summer shirt looking pretty good. Ah, they're great. Uh, they're so good. All of my favorite shirts are Tees by Summer. Uh, I I used to be a t-shirt nerd, and I haven't bought a t-shirt from anybody but her in forever. Uh, so, Nora Mug. If she branches out into any other product lines, it just keeps making my life easier. One stop shopping. So check that out. Uh, and that's it. You can uh, email the show at fedtalks at yahoo.com. Uh, you can check out stuff I write about TV at theapive.com. I have not written recently, but I keep working on something that I have. Here was an idea I had. I wanted to do, like, compare Euphoria and my so called life episode by episode because they're sort of emblematic of their eras and at this point there are 19 episodes of both shows and I thought that would be fun uh the problem is I started re-watching my so-called life and I really just started enjoying that show so I'm just watching that and not going back to euphoria which does not do much for me frankly 
So maybe next week I'll just talk about my so-called life. Uh, yes, I am a I am a 45 year old man uh, in 2022, and not a teenager in the early 90s. But I say unto you, so it's, it's a good show. Um, slightly more relatable to me now because when the show aired, I was so deeply unpopular that I couldn't even fathom things like going to parties. And I mean, I'm not popular now, but I've been outside the house. You know, I've, I've learned a couple of, of life lessons. Uh, just like one Angela Chase. Uh, anyway, there is nothing about that on the APIVE currently, but you can still check it out. Uh, you can... Twitter at EJ Fettis, uh, Instagram EJ underscore Fettis. Um, oh, I was on uh, my friend Lenny, who has been on this show before and is going to be on again soon, hopefully, uh, does a, a monthly podcast called Chapter Surfing, which is about TV shows that are adapted from books. And uh, he and the guest uh, read a book and then watch the TV show and talk about that and... I was on an episode that came out last week where we talked about the Elmore Leonard novel Pronto that introduced Raylan Givens and then season one of Justified. And you guys, I love Elmore Leonard and I love Justified and I love Raylan Givens and it was so fun. If you're an EJ completist, you should definitely listen to it. Uh, we talk about Walton Goggins so much, including... Uh, what Batman villain Boyd Crowder would be. And it may not be what you'd suspect. Um, there was some other, it, it, it was very silly at points, but also uh, I think we learned a lot. Maybe not learned, but it was, it was real interesting. Uh, so that, that was super fun. Uh, please listen to that. If you would like to get more, if you'd like to hear what it's like when I'm on a podcast that has an audience and a reason to exist check that out chapter surfing it is on uh apple podcasts and on the internet in general uh so that's super cool uh and that's it for me i'll be back next week uh i'll keep you updated on my movie franchise watching maybe we'll talk about some tv uh maybe if i really work at it maybe i can hit 50 pounds and we'll talk i'll talk some weight loss because uh uh I'm learning some things about myself in the world. And I don't want to talk about it every week because who cares? But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself, guys. I'm trying real hard. That's it. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.